Claxby Hill. We had a very long, we made Norwegian style sledging. Let's go and find her. Where are you going, Master? For a drink. Okay, you guys want anything else? Um, three butter beers and some ginger and wine, please. Six shots of giggle water. Oh, great, huh? This snake juice is basically rat poison. Spent my whole life right here in Lackawanna County. The drink, I like it. I know, it's great, right? Another! Yeah. So I'm really this this feels a little bit a little bit like the Star Wars episode for me because I I mean I've watched them. Uh I've watched Community once. I enjoyed it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But um if if a an Easter egg or reference doesn't land with me, just just grab my hand and guide guide me through it and just cut <laughs> it and just, you know. See, it'll be okay, William. We'll I mean, get you through it. This is definitely going to be part one of the community of friends who work for the Office of Parks and Recreation. It's <laughs> <laughs> weird, Frankenstein hybrid. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we <laughs> were like jumping in at this part of the conversation. We've got a, a new face. Well, you won't be able to see the face. We got a new voice um, with us today. Today, we're talking about community. It's, it has kind of reached this, I, I mean, it was having a cultural moment whenever it was on television. I was not experiencing the, the popular zeitgeist while it was on television, but since it's come to Netflix, it's all over the place. And it, my would, wife and I just I went, think you're recently generous. went through it. I think oh, what you yeah. say, like, <laughs> That's true. That's true. As, I mean, there's a reason why like season three ended with hashtag six seasons in a movie because it was on the cusp of cancellation all the time. For the third time. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so that's, uh, that's been a big question of mine. Did they es essentially like speak their six season run into existence pretty much through Abed's like consistent hashtag of, of six seasons in a movie. Pretty much. I mean, the fact that Yahoo brought up, gave <laughs> us the sixth season. Oh, and you could tell. Uh, anyways, but <laughs> Hey, uh, um, we are joined today by um, a, a regular, I would say uh, around here, Dallas. What was, I mean, yeah. Dallas, only appropriate being a community college professor oh yes oh it it, it i watched this perfect, every year before college starts back just to get myself yeah. <laughs> i have some questions for you about this but we'll get to those in a minute um but <laughs> is community uh, a documentary <laughs> right <laughs> they shoot really high whenever they speak of community college in that show <laughs> <laughs> they're in a library we don't have a library. What are you talking about? <laughs> we've got that small pile of books that somebody dropped. Like, that's all we've got for a library. Yeah, there's a 1997 Cosmopolitan magazine in it. Like, that's as advanced as our library is. That's the crown jewel. And then that one... <laughs> oh, that was like how, how to... How to finally tame your giant bangs as we were coming out of the, the early 90s. That was yes. that was advice that everybody was aiming for. Alex, man, tell, for those who don't know, I'm kind of meeting you for the first time as well. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Cody and I met through Governor Scholar, which anyone who's listened to the podcast is a really awesome program. Uh, yeah, it, it is a phenomenal. Phenomenal place to meet people 
who in other contexts, it would be extraordinarily creepy to have like some guy walk up to you and be like, I'm going to call myself Mama Murphy and you're going to be my <laughs> little like children. And you're like, okay, this is fine. Do you have free candy? And where's your white van? You know, like, oh, we get in the van to go do community service. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, so yeah. Okay. <laughs> We context. go way back. Uh, Con context. I, I, I just no, 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 no context. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. We're just gonna, we're just nope. gonna let that one sit. Nope. We're gonna let that nope. one stew. That's the fun of it. <laughs> That's the fun of it. We'll save that so, one for story time part two. Oh, okay, okay, oh, okay. Goodness, gotcha. that's gonna be a long episode. So yeah, Cody and I go way back, uh, and then after Governor Scholar, uh, it was it was kind of interesting because we were sitting there, and uh, he's like, yeah. I'm, gonna head off to law school and I was like all right cool where are you headed and he said uh oh I'm going to Liberty University and I went oh god I gotta change schools uh, no, that's, that's not what I said so I said oh that's that's crazy like what a, a strange coincidence like I'm going there for for flight school so I wound up we were in like the two most uh absurd programs to be at in a little tiny <laughs> university in the smallest city in Virginia where you're you know you've got nothing to do but go to Walmart and so I guess Cody felt right at home and I was sitting there like, okay, so it's either hey, hang out hey, with Cody. Liberty Liberty had a movie theater. Like, that's urbanization. And a, and a movie theater. You're right. You're right. <laughs> and more than one stoplight. So... So I am a so I, I got, about about our upbringing. There's there's a phenomenon in medicine that's called a watershed infarct, where an area of the brain, if two major arteries are working their way toward an area of the brain, that strip in the middle that is only getting like the bare bones residual capillary blood flow is the first area that's going to stroke. We grew up in the watershed infarct area between uh, Cincinnati and Lexington. Like all of the benefits of, of urbanization and modern technology, like they trickled toward us. But if, if the country was going to stroke out, that's, that's where we were going to, it, it never yeah. got there. No. So a so movie theater. kind of like, yeah. Like, it, like yeah, this, yeah, it's a big this deal. podcast could not happen five years ago in, in my parents' house. No, like no. it could right. not happen five years ago. Well, <laughs> first of all, you internet. didn't have internet, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> happening. So yeah, but so anyways, I, you went you I went to undergrad in, at Liberty. Yeah, so mm -hmm. I did all of my flight training through Liberty. But what's crazy is that you know, growing up in Kentucky, Cody and I would sit there and run into other Kentucky people, and so the majority of our conversations at school would be oh, who did you evangelize to about L8? Uh, and that was, that was it. I, it I was... spent the majority of my time at Liberty uh, either hanging out with Cody, going to the Dollar Theater, or watching Community. And so that's how I spent my time. So um, this is going to be a fun conversation. And tonight. so I, I feel like we're burying the lead here. Flight school. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, uh, is this, are we talking like... F-15s? Are we talking helicopters? Or are we talking paragliders? Uh, fall, little jumping bit of off all buildings? <laughs> you know. <laughs> See all of the We above. haven't gotten to that point yet. <laughs> uh, no, no. <laughs> so I, it's all like fixed wing. Uh, so I, I fly a bunch of like tiny little planes, but I've had some fun because Louisville is UPS's world hub. 
So I grew up knowing UPS captains my whole life and they're all like, come on, let me, let me take you for a ride in the sim. Or I don't know if I'm allowed to tell anybody that now that I think about it. Uh, I, I won't name names. Well, this then. can't go up But now. seriously. Oh no. Like, no, but uh, so then I went down to Florida and I finished out um, my commercial uh, rating and I'm working on uh, my flight instructor rating right now. So yeah, That's it should awesome. be, should be fun. So do you airdrop my, uh, my lines now? Well, it depends on how many alates I have available and how many Cody supplies to me. So I, I'm not sure. making this up for a wedding present for me and my wife. We had some friends from Lynchburg that showed up to the wedding and they had two cases of alate. And in the card, they said, you don't have to share the alate, but you have to share what's on the gift card. You know, like, I was like, <laughs> all right, they know me well. They know me well. That's, that's I, amazing. Like, I, when when I was away, sharing LA was sort of like how I marked my territory. It's like, I like you as a human being. Here, have an LA. You know, I got to say that is so much better than hiking your leg and peeing on somebody like a dog. Like, here, I'm going to mark my territory. No, Cody, no, no. And you're like, fine. I guess you can drink this yellow substance. It looks the same. Yeah, it really does. Oh, so one of the uh, like RAs actually didn't even know that the RAs didn't even know what L8 was, and she was from Kentucky. I like talked it up so much that she thought I worked for the company. <laughs> you're like the, you're the you're like guy. <laughs> you you like, when L8 enrolls in community college. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, have you accepted L8 as your personal soda and pop? <laughs> My name is Cody, but, you know, technically I had to give up my identity. So now I'm the human embodiment of L.A. And they're like, <laughs> was just hey, you know what, I can get behind this one. My name is Cody, but it's spelled A-L-E-8. The A is, is silent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, Alex, have you, Alex, have, have you met Dallas? No, no. no? So, I mean, I... I I've heard you over the podcast, so virtual <laughs> handshake, which I mean, I guess we should be doing virtual handshakes with everything going on in the world. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, we're like, we're still in this, we're still, we still had to break into this pub. You know, everything <laughs> shut down again. I'm just like glad that easy, they- but just, you can be closer than six feet. That's yeah. just crazy part. <laughs> That's really crazy. The, the password to get into this speakeasy pub was like a string of letters it's like getting into a Zoom meeting. This is like, it's a crazy speakeasy getting into this one. So. It's oh, really no. difficult to remember all those it. letters and numbers. <laughs> oh, oh, Cody. I'm so Anyways. sorry. <laughs> uh, well, Dallas, uh, yes. this is Alex. Alex, this is Dallas. Dallas, why don't you, I, I feel like, especially for the context of this episode, why don't you, um, um, tell Alex a, a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a younger version of Hickey. On uh, oh, Kennedy. Wow. <laughs> Except he draws ducks better than I do, but, uh, you know, teach criminal justice at a community college. Do you uh, really? That's that's a I small world. Yeah. I, and I, I also am, teach criminal justice at a community college. That's insane. What? I know, I don't, criminal but. justice at a college college. Yeah. Oh, I teach, I teach real school. <laughs> and I teach down the hall from the HVAC guy. So uh, <laughs> I made him watch the, the episode with the, the sunroom. Is that what it's called? Yep. Are, are like, you, the why is this not your final? Yeah. <laughs> why, is, 
this is not your final. And uh, he's like, no, 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 we don't try to kill each other. We have a special it, relationship. Uh, it, it, is it a cult? Uh, Can you verify whether or not air conditioning school is a cult? They, they do feel like they are better than sometimes. Okay. And they have their own special wing of the building that nobody else is. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's true. <laughs> No, they're all super cool. A, I, drug, I drug a body past the door one day, and they got really like freaked out because they did not know who I was or if the body was real, and it was wrapped in a tarp. <laughs> so it's all, good. it's all good. That's amazing. Yeah, and I threw it in a dumpster and never gave them any context as to what was going on and just walked off. <laughs> oh, the great part is he's not lying. I'm not. <laughs> that really happened. Actually, I kicked the door open and was dragging him out, and they were out there, like outside, working on a HVAC unit. And he saw me. And As like, you're going down the hall, you're just screaming, "This is what happens when you speak out of turn!" So everybody, look. <laughs> yeah, was that, I kicked, was having the body in your class like your prison Mike episode? Yes, <laughs> I did dress <laughs> up in in uh, the orange jumpsuit more than one time and taught class in handcuffs, but. <laughs> No, I kicked the door and open and was dragging dragging the body out, and they were working, and one of them saw me and got stuck in a loop. He's like, what, 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 what? <laughs> I just looked at him and went, your move, buddy. And then I threw yeah. it in a dumpster, and I walked back in the building, and I never said anything <laughs> back to this dude. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, community was, is a, a super classy community college compared to you know, real community college. Is that they, so? Like, it's... Yeah actually not as crazy as like real life uh, no, the crazy know. level is the same but <laughs> they have a You're lot more room than they have. on it like they they have a lot more stuff like when i watch it i'm like like the library thing legit no library like they have a cafeteria <laughs> we don't have a cafeteria we have like a store beside us that you can walk to and maybe buy heroin too i don't know what's going on over there but there's all sorts of stuff <laughs> but yeah now the people that are in in community like it's the same <laughs> exactly the same and it's it's so it's, it's is your like that. dean it's, as um, crazy um okay I william I, I may wish. you know the you know the episode where uh they convinced the gang that they were all in a in mental institution the entire time yes dallas used to work for a mental institution are we sure he's not still there this is true <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that he worked for he worked with um, uh, mentally challenged people. Yes, it was a group home. It was not an institution. The rehab yeah, it's, was it's an institution. <laughs> and Dallas only had to stay there for like six months tops. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But based on the stories that he told me, because he worked there when we were in college, what? Yes. We graduated ten years ago. So what? Twelve, thirteen years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Does that does that sting a little? It to, does. To say it, yeah, 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 just a little. Um, but based on the stories uh, that happened in your uh, um, group home days, I feel like this very appropriately prepared you to teach at a community college. Oh, it absolutely did. This is the only job where I have not seen anybody in the nude or there's nobody that's throwing feces at me. And I've worked a lot of different jobs for this <laughs> to that to be a thing. Too many jobs, that was the consistent two things that happened every time. Get home and, you know, you, you walk in, your wife's like, oh, so how's your day? She get pooped on again? You're like, yeah. She's like, tomorrow will be better. And you're like, no, it won't. I switched jobs four <laughs> times and that happened in all four jobs. 
All right, so maybe it's time to ask yourself, who is the, you know, common the denominator, denominator there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do I have a face that makes you scream poop? <laughs> Wow, it's time to I wanna, change I wanna put some the subject. That's so weird. <laughs> it just doesn't oh. seem like I'm allowed to answer that, considering it's our first time virtually meeting. Well, one of those answers, we get closer. The other one, we don't. Man, you get to pick which one. I think your face is just fine. Suitable for poop or no poop. <laughs> anyway. This took a weird turn. We're best friends now. Uh, it's, it's it's like we rolled the dice and went down the darkest timeline. <laughs> this episode. <laughs> well, okay. So today, it's. I feel like in true community fashion, this is going to like spiral off into tangents and get uh, really deep, really weird, really fast. But to give it just a wee bit of structure. Um, we've decided to uh, call it six episodes in a podcast. So we're bringing today our top five community episodes and then a little bit of a cur- curveball or your darkest timeline episode, if you will. Not necessarily a critical favorite, cultural favorite, but kind of like a, you look at its IMDb rating and it's like five, but you really enjoyed it deep down. That's going to be the dark- darkest timeline pick. Gosh, I-, I feel like you've got to go first, Dallas. Just because this is, see, I'm I'm currently working through the Harry Potter series again. Right, Jim Dale's audiobooks. I do it every year because it's, it's just my thing. Like it's not as high class as Christopher Lee reading all of the Lord of the Rings series every year, which I found out that he did during the three hour behind the scenes of the Fellowship. Anyway, um, <laughs> but th- this is this is this is my uh, my. But you being a community college professor going through it every year like i, f- I feel like you you've got to you've got to go first Absolutely. and you can you can like chug through your episodes and if i'm because i'm sure a lot of these are going to overlap right. um i feel like there's there's one episode won't say which but it's kind of universally like uh, the top favorite and i saw it's imdb rating it we, was like should 9. we just 8. say it now do we all just say it now and see if we can do it in unison because i'm fairly certain we're all gonna say the same one uh, so I so I actually know. didn't put it on my list. <clears throat> I don't know. If oh, it, just right. I don't know if it's just, on my list. Uh, just because I didn't think, because uh, I thought it was like it's like the seventh Harry Potter book for me. When you're talking about ranking them, I put that one aside and I rank the ones leading up to it. Um, but remedial chaos is it remedial chaos theory? Absolutely, the, dark, yeah. the darkest timeline. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Where the darkest timeline pops up? It's not on your. Okay, so it's not no. on my list either. But oh, I, I, well. like, I'm sure there's going to be overlap in the episode and, and that's and that's okay whenever you get to your list you can just say hey uh, i agreed with whoever and, and but dallas why don't you why don't you why don't you go ahead absolutely so that one's not on my list because i anytime like i go to just like click on community like in hulu or on netflix now for whatever reason that one always tended to like play first so it kind of got played out for me like he just got wore uh, out okay Okay, and so it dropped in favor for me because of that. So, so it's five and then a weird one, right? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, yeah. Five and an oddball. Okay, so mine is Modern Warfare, and a fistful of paintballs and a few paintballs more combined. That's my number two. So, getting all the paintball episodes out because I feel like they just went for a trope and just did it, and I loved it. And that's why I love this show is because they don't like. They'll just do whatever they want to. Yeah. And there's still like a deep note to it that they're trying to address sometimes while throwing caution to the wind as to what the episode 
could be about. It could be a musical. It could be animated. It could be whatever. You don't know. And, I and it always it. takes that that weird turn back to the core group and back to some like deeply flawed characteristic about them. Exactly. Uh, like I, the Modern Warfare just... episode was completely out of left field for me. Yeah. <laughs> I had, and I hadn't even seen like spoilers about Community. I knew nothing other than that's that show Chevy Chase is on and wow, he looks old. Like that, <laughs> that, that was the entire context for me. Uh, and when we got to the paintball episode, it brought back so many. Okay. It brought back one memory from college because after we played paintball that one time, right. everybody like, I'm going to be an adult now. And they right. like, sold their guns and everybody stopped yeah. playing. <laughs> but I, and maybe it brought back such a strong reaction because I got shot in the back of the head. That is true. So you knew every time somebody got shot, like they took, they took a, around yeah, they're having yeah. a bruise but, on that spot of their body for the rest of the week yeah uh do, i and i won't name any names but do you remember the, I, I know exactly who did it i know yeah, okay okay like close proximity let's just stand there and shoot each other and then the resulting like whelps after that had like punched like broke the skin and bleeding i'm like why is this why why is this fun are you still in the middle of puberty and your testosterone levels have not normalized yet? Is this like, is this the paintball equivalent of like beating your chest? But I'll I, say that instead of playing paintball, reball is better. Uh, reball uses little rubber bullets and it's at a lower velocity. So it hurts oh. less, but then you still have that one idiot who shows up with his own gun, a la Chang. And he's like, hey, a bunch of 15-year-olds, perfect. I'm 40. I'm going to kill you. So I will say it's a little different and a little better, but I, I agree. Like, at some point, it's like, you're an adult. Maybe we shouldn't do this. Like, Right. I, I only ever did water gun wars, and mine was world, they were World War II themed. We tied at D-Day. And there was this mm -hmm. one kid, I believe I mentioned this as one of our stories. He had like a, like a super soaker with like a backpack full of water and the water <laughs> itself was like 39 degrees in the heat of summer. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I knew <laughs> a guy who had Frostbite that Frostbite and a gun. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> well, See, at like least, when I watched that, it. Go ahead. Well, that, that reball sounds interesting <clears throat> because that way, if you get shot with it, and it's like warm, wet, and oozing after you got shot with it. You know it's your own blood. Whereas exactly. whenever you're using paintballs, <laughs> you always have to question like, oh, no, neon pink. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you got to feel <laughs> twice. You got to do it, the, it, there was the paint. Oh, it, there, it, there's it, the blood. <laughs> it, it, you're the doctor. If your blood is neon pink, is there a medical condition for that? <sighs> is that when you I'm, eat a flamingo? <laughs> right. Full flamingo. Yeah. You I, are what you eat. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. Rehab. We'll go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> wasn't there? Wasn't there an episode of the Magic School Bus where a kid like ate too many carrots and they he like turned orange? Yes. Yes. Uh, it was Ralphie turned orange, which made it funny because he had orange hair. Um, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Anyways, like reeling her back in here. Um, Modern Warfare. Mm -hmm. uh, Modern Warfare. I, I did love that one because that's that's when Community jumped the shark for me, but you realize that jumping the shark was going to be a common occurrence. And exactly, I'm like, yeah. oh, I've never seen anything like this before. And I like it. Okay, okay, ah, yeah, I'm in. 
And there was even an episode of uh, Happy Days where Fonzie literally jumped a shark. You know, (laughs) Troy walking in angry about that. And it's like, you do realize that that's the whole premise of your own show. Like, we only jump (laughs) shark community. That's, I think, the hook for me was... Was, was that a shark head. joke? It wasn't, but it is now. It is now. I'll take it. So, uh, Dallas, who would you say is your favorite character? I, I don't know. Because they all... I feel like they all equal one person. Does that make sense? Like, they're all like a broken you, piece of Your favorite of one character is the, is the hive mind of community. Yeah, the table is my favorite character. <laughs> uh, maybe. Or, you know what? Or Chang. Because Chang is just going to be whatever. He's just crazy, and there's no beats to it. It's just gonna. He may have Changnesia. All right. Or he may get an entire episode taken off of Hulu. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. So, well, so those are my two. My first two is the two paint. There's three episodes there, but I feel like the fistful of paintballs. That's a two-parter, so that kind of counts as one. And that's kind of the shift into the next season and like that next arc. And I really like it. And it goes from like Western themed, taking jabs at Lost, which I was really upset at Lost at the time. So it really helped me therapeutically because I just finished Lost. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I just finished Lost, but right before the last episode of Lost where it all falls apart, I had watched the very first episode of Arrow, which blatantly spoils Lost. (laughs) Right before I was going to watch the last episode of Lost. So I stopped watching Arrow after the first season, just so you know. And then watched the last episode of Lost and I was rehab after that. So literally. (laughs) Yeah, I was working at a rehab at the time. So it was late, went to sleep, went to rehab the next day. Um, And then the the second of the two-parter is all Star Wars-esque, which has a special place in my heart most of the time. Of course. Uh, my okay. third is G.I. Jeff. Oh, yeah. I love that episode. I love that episode for lots of reasons, just because it's hilarious. It's a cartoon, but it also has a really deep meaning at the end of it, where you're like, oh, he overdosed. <laughs> like, I, I really <laughs> like, it's almost like MASH. Like, it's really funny, but there's also really serious stuff going on at the same time. I loved yeah. on G.I. Jeff. It's not on my list, but I loved how in G.I. Jeff, how authentic it was to the 80s cartoon style. Oh, yeah. It was just, just, just like, aesthetically from a design perspective. Yeah. It was spot on. It was spot on to that Transformers G.I. Joe style, like it like in the 80s. And I'm just like, maybe community could have had their six seasons, their six season not be on Hulu if their budget wasn't insane for certain episodes. I know. <laughs> See, like if you put his panels and you flipped on that, and you're like, is this an that's... episode of G.I. Joe's I haven't seen? Yeah. <laughs> well, oh. And that's the thing though, Cody. That they're their budget was not that much. They were like scraping together what they could. NBC's like, you want how much money? Oh, oh, sorry. Hold on. I was, I was talking to uh, the office here. Yeah. Have whatever you want. Yeah, sure. That's fine. You want money? No way. Uh-uh. You want to have a rap party? Okay. Your own arts department is going to have to set it up and tear it down. Oh, and they're not allowed to enjoy it. You don't get money. Oh, oh, come here. 
Parks and Rec? Of course, Pat Pat. Oh, you want a million trillion dollars? Go on. <laughs> Community, you want money? Get out of here. Shoot. Like, they would have had six what, seasons yeah. if NBC wasn't an idiot. Yeah, like, like hold on just a second. What, what's that? Okay, you want Joe Biden to actually cameo in the episode? Right. Oh, man, we're going to yeah, have to completely... Totally re- normal. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> That's reasonable. Well, I mean... No, I... A lot of the episodes for me, Dallas, like that took that really like like weird twist at the end of the episode that may have been a little dark and a little deep, but it ultimately brought it back to the collective to the table to the collective yeah. hive mind of of those characters. And it's it, I feel like having Abed in those first like setting him up as the and, and again, a really like tragic character, like raised by television. That's how he perceives it. That's how he copes and deals. But letting him be the meta hook to switch into any genre, any type, film noir, like conspiracy, like murder mystery, like that uh, being able to like play in such a wide playground. And that's one of the reasons why I love Doctor Who. Yes. It is because... If you can go anywhere in space and time, you can tell any story that you want. And that's having that premise and being able to play like that. It shouldn't work by yeah. by any counts. It shouldn't work, but it does. And Abed, that's that was yeah. Abed is like the surrogate stand-in for Dan Harmon. It's yeah. or winking at the camera and saying, "This is the episode we're doing." <laughs> well, and that that's actually it's funny you say that again. <clears throat> Dan winds up talking about that in a couple interviews that like the first couple seasons he was using jeff as his mouthpiece to kind of be this like sarcastic jerk that he says all the things we really want to say and then you know people started sending in like hey i love the way that you're writing op-ed like the way you're writing op-ed is so you know personal to my my struggle with asperger's or and and dan's like huh what, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And so he looks into it and he, he realizes that he has Asperger's. He's like, holy cow, I've got this dichotomy going where Abed is my fourth wall break and Jeff is that sarcasm that I want to exude. And so literally the, the most powerful episodes, some of those moments are literally the interactions between Jeff and Abed because that's literally just Dan talking to himself. Right. Uh-huh. It's, so wait, did you say that he realized that Dan Harmon has Asperger's? Yeah, yeah. Wow, I did not know that. Oh. Yeah. So, so it's this really powerful thing where it's like you see that that dark cynicism that we all want to have, and that unbridled enthusiasm and um, and joy that Abed has, and how that kind of wars inside each of us. You know, not to, you know, we're, we're making something as trivial as paintball, but then going, you know, Jeff's like, I just want to slouch this off and whatever. I'm going to go take a nap in my Lexus. And Abed's like, heck yeah, we're going to play paintball. We're going to have some fun. And so it's, it's this interesting, like, back and forth between those, like, actual sides of ourselves where which side do you really let win? Do you want to let that child like wonder of the world or do you want to let that dark 
uh, cynical look really taint your your worldview. So it, it's kind of neat seeing that at play. Yeah, and I was I was really enjoying like my brain was kind of auto filling this Hans Zimmer like swell underneath your your little speech there because <laughs> it, it, it felt like it it underscored the just the earnest emotion. It, but it's, mm. that's no, I got I got to chew on that one for a little bit. Dang, who would have thought? that a show about community college would actually like give you something deep to think about like who, who did that i mean they did it on a regular basis it, it's i don't think have you ever watched the unbreakable kimmy schmidt on uh, a few episodes here and there I, it never had the same draw it kind of got it, it fell into like the same category as parks and rec where i was like it's so absurd at points that I just couldn't keep up with it. But I, I watched enough that I was like, all right, I see where the, the appeal is. Okay. For, for the sake of, of time and my sanity, I'm going to skip over that little snipe comment about Parks and Rec, but um, <laughs> unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> the, the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, like you said, is an absolute exercise in the absurd. It's yeah. like, what can we do to make this just like so ridiculous that you have to laugh at it? Maybe not the comedy was, was all there but the fact that i don't really see how this would actually happen community like nudged up to that line several times for me of it being just an exercise in the absurd but then it it always like Mm -hmm. you said like fell back into that like almost like thesis on on humanity and hope and like being cynical and i i think that's what that's what kept me going in that show to be fair, I haven't finished Kimmy Schmidt yet, but um, I heard that the last season is a choose your own adventure on Netflix where uh, you are met with a scenario and you can literally pick on the screen what you want to happen and then it'll play out and Daniel Radcliffe's in it. So it's piqued my interest a little. I haven't actually got around to it, but. Um, well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, Dallas, what else do you got? All right, so my next one is Albed's Uncontrollable Christmas. Uh, yeah, that one's on my list, Ooh, and it's another one of those like it's just outrageous. But the entire thing is just dealing with a psychotic break, and then at the end you find out why. You know, like there's this super deep undertones of of the entire episode, but it's also just hilarious and claymation yeah. of all yeah. things. So yeah. the first time I watched Community, I was like, I was just along for the comedic ride, and I was like, this show is hilarious. I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to it, and then the second time, I was like. Oh, there's some serious stuff going on. And each additional time after that, it's almost like a character's story throughout kind of, you see their struggle. And you're like, oh, this is a whole lot less funny now and just a lot more interesting as a show. Yeah. Now that I'm paying attention to this one, you know, like the, the, the comedy is still there, but it's kind of worn off enough for me to see under all of that stuff. And so I, that is one of my favorite episodes is the uncontrollable Christmas? Oh, I that one for me hit a lot of um, hit a lot of different notes. But, but one, the most obvious one, Cody can attest to this, is the clay animated clay animated Christmas specials were like on oh, yeah. loop from like October fifteenth to February first <laughs> in our house. Like yeah, uh, because we. Like I, we even dabbled in claymation at one point. Oh, <laughs> right. And didn't everyone get like the Lego uh, stop motion uh, computer program at one point? I think I think I had it. I had yeah, Cody, awesome. I think you had it. 
I had the Lego robotics set. I never had the stop ah. film. Oh yeah. That's yeah. and like you blew everyone in our family away at the age of five that mom's like, well, Cody, that thing's $200. And you're like, okay. And then like a month later, you're like, mom, I'm ready to go get my Legos. And she's like, as I lay down $212, even <laughs> accounted for tax. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's like, how? <laughs> and still to this day, like if, if uh, like, even as a teenager, like if you ever got money to go, to go somewhere, do anything, there was never change ever. Like there's, there was the monster in your car that ate it. And you're like, I'm, I'm sorry, mom. There's just, there was no change. I, 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 I don't, I don't know. That episode hit me. There's an excellent YouTube video that like is like a 30 minute just breakdown of every aspect of it. And we'll have to put it, I'll have to put it in the show notes. But I remember when I like the magic of, you know, that's going to get a little real here. The magic of Christmas was always kind of very important in our household. Our, you know, mom was very much about facilitating that Christmas spirit. And, you know, you know, Santa Claus, I mean, to this day, you know, to this day when it comes when it comes to santa claus you know mom won't say either way whether or not santa claus is <laughs> is real and her kids are like 30 I, I remember when i was i was in law school because we would have finals in like the like right after thanksgiving in the first of in the first of december and then it'd be like a week later than christmas and it just felt like and then it was just like all that anxiety of finals and grades coming out and Liberty played this really mean torture game where like one final came out a week and uh, <laughs> like your results. Yes. Yes. Oh. My second year, I it completely ruined Christmas for me. I, I got a, I got a D in a class that I didn't even expect to get the D in. Uh-huh. <laughs> before christmas and none of the other grades came out until after christmas so i was just sitting there during christmas with just absolute dread like honestly it was it was one of those things where it was just like you know i was starting to kind of feel like where's the magic gone like where's the magic of it gone like you know recapturing that childlike wonder that abed was losing in that episode Right, like, yeah. Losing in that episode, and what does this mean? And from a kind of a human perspective, not necessarily the religious perspective, you know, the idea of Christmas means whatever you want it to mean. And right. it's, it's this wild, crazy time of year and the darkest nights, you know, where, you know, we have hope and try to like spread a little cheer as it, it just really kind of, it, it kind of spoke to sort of like my adult sensibilities with Christmas. Yeah, and- like I think, I mean, Abed coming from a Muslim household, he even says in the the episode that he's always just been infatuated with the idea of Christmas and rediscovering what that meaning is for him. I think even if you grow up in a Judeo-Christian like household where Christmas is celebrated, when you graduate from, I say graduate, because I don't want to sound it like it's foreboding and like everything's over after childhood (laughs) but like once you graduate from childhood into adulthood you almost have to rediscover it for yourself yeah and so i think i think it's it's a like a journey that we all go through um i'm i'm really looking forward to it this year um because my daughter will be almost three 
And so like her English is intelligible now uh, and she gets excited about everything, literally everything. One of her favorite pastimes right now, I kid you not, when we wake up in the morning, she wants to go uh, bye-bye. She wants to go ride in the car because she is in love with the flashing yellow caution light on 32. <laughs> we, and she's like, I want to go light. see, I, I want to go see Lalo Lalo. Because anytime we drive, we're trying to reinforce colors. So anytime we would drive under it, we would say yellow, yellow. And it's, we, we'll be around the corner. I said, Genevieve, it's almost here. And she sits back there and she's like, I'm so excited, Daddy. <laughs> and we'll see it. And it'll fly over the car. And she lets out this just release of just pure joy. She says, yellow. <sighs> <laughs> and I'm gonna check so is, is community is community telling me that I really need to reevaluate my relationship with traffic lights? Yes. I think that's what it boils down to. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That is what we I'm found. It. It's everything. <laughs> All right, our our job is done here. We can hang up. We've discovered the meaning of Christmas. So you can Yellow find us on, on Twitter at Dr. <laughs> and our, uh, our Patreon is um, just the fact that she is, she gets like astronomically excited about everything. And I'm, I'm really looking forward mm-hmm. to that, that Christmas like season. It, and and um, that's where I think a lot of adults kind of rediscover Christmas is the fact that they have the child, like children to be able to, you know, lavish that childlike, that childlike wonder on it. I'm just kind of in a stage of, I'm kind of in a stage of life where I don't have kids. Where does it stand for me? Like where, where does it stand for me? And like sort of like magical traditions that, you know, we, we should never ever change ever because, you know, (laughs) bad things happen. Bad things happen. (laughs) Reevaluating that it's that episode kind of hit me deep. I think it is the adult Mm. Christmas special. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. It is it is the Christmas special that adults need to watch whenever they're just yeah. feeling drain of the season. We try to. Keep I would it encourage you though, uh, as like I'm starting to re- like rediscover and reevaluate the magic of Christmas with a child. Don't wait until you have a kid to do it. Yeah. Like find it, find it now. Uh, like you're dating, but you're still single. Like there's no ring on it, but use use this time to find it because it only gets better from there. Um, oh yeah yeah and i i try i find my ways and like you know i always try to read like read or watch a christmas carol which is like my favorite non-jesus kind of stuff like that and i love i'm i'm like one thing i am good at is giving gifts like i always have an i have a knack for i have a knack for good gifts it's cliche to say it's better to give than to receive but you know it's really true Um, it's true but i think that's one of your really Knowing you, that's one of your love languages, though, like is giving gifts to people. Like that's how you express like, hey, I care about you, that you're one of my favorite humans here. Here's a gift. Um, Yeah. But in law school, it was L.A. Like it was that was just a good default. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marking your territory (laughs) with L.A. So 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 to to bring us back around. So we had uh, was that three or four for you? That was Abed's trouble. That was four. Okay. The the fifth one it came down to either geothermal escapism or Ooh. pillows and blankets. Geothermal escapism <laughs> was really heavy, even though like it was just off the wall, like post apocalyptic crazy, but it still had that heavy like Abed trying to let go and not being able to figure out how. Um, yeah. And pillows and blankets was just was just fun, even though it was still like 
him getting his way like is that worth and sacrificing the, the, like, and going the to ken war? burns like documentary civil <laughs> <Yeah. some> war <laughs> documentary they about like they how got amazing the is guy. that like <laughs> well and that's the crazy thing is that keith david came back for season six so i mean it's just like that's, that's that guy <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh like that just uh, it, and apparently the gi jeff episodes they got like original gi joe like actors it's the original singer from the gi joe theme song too yeah like the, the whole that's story amazing. behind the whole whole story behind G.I. Jeff is crazy because literally they were late even writing any script and then the next thing they knew they're like how about we do something crazy like Dan just bumped into the original singer of G.I. Joe like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's okay let's do it yeah the the fact that they got Keith David for that episode and they made a Ken Burns style documentary just fine. <laughs> right yes first of all the fact that Pierce like the the little details in that episode are phenomenal like when they've got the the diagram of the pillow uh, juggernaut that he becomes <laughs> and then and then like the the strip like the Gatorade bottles as IV drips and uh, <laughs> Pierce. If you look at Pierce's medical record, and he's like, "I've never had erectile dysfunction before. I got hit with a pillow." And you're like, "Yeah, sure, Pierce. Whatever you say." <laughs> right? Like it's chock full of those little details that, yeah, that make really you go back, and you're like, "I can rewatch this anytime." And it's one that you show someone, and at first they're like, "Are we are we about to watch a PBS documentary?" And you're like, "Yes, we are." <laughs> and then they realize where it's going, and they're like, "Oh, oh okay, I, I get it." <laughs> that was the that that ep- two parter and Dungeons the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons were the episodes you used to introduce me to Community. They are they ah are. that that was your blink that was your hook yes. Yes. So uh, I can hi- if I can hijack it just for a second, because I haven't done that eight times already. <laughs> I, th- I, I did have Advanced Dungeons and Dragons on my, my list. And, and I think it was such a beautiful episode that like encapsulated, it, it's just the perfect microcosm of the show. Yeah, Because it starts out, like, you don't have to know any of the characters going in because they do, like, an absurdist uh, introduction to all of them. Like, you've got, yep. you know, Troy the Obtuse. And, and, you, and it gives you all the characters. And you're like, okay, I get what's happening. They're doing some kind of, like, Game of Thrones spoof here. Let's see how this goes. But then to, like, make it about... I guess I got to, do we give trigger warnings on here? It's about the S word uh, where people, do I need to do that? Fat Neil, Fat Neil Neil no longer wants to live in the world. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And so Jeff is like, okay, like I've got to do something. So it, it gives you that heart and soul and like the depth that the show is able to, to really capture. But then you also get to see the absurd, like they're sitting at a table and you've got the sound design, like whipping yes. arrows past your head. And you're like, this is, <laughs> this is incredible. I, I, 
I have never played a game of Dungeons and Dragons in my life. I have uh, personally been present for one, and I was at a coffee shop uh, where a buddy of mine hosted Dungeons and Dragons night, and so I showed up. I don't really get what's going on, but I love it. And then the show takes something that really shouldn't work for a TV episode at all, and they make one of the best episodes about um, friendship, about caring for your your friend group and other people who are not like you standing up to people who even are in your friend group the idea that pierce is in their group but he's being a real jerk and that they're all standing up to him and saying what how you're behaving isn't right like that's those are applicable things you know yeah yeah and and yet somehow they pack it into a a 20 minute episode about a group of people playing a uh, an imaginary role-based fantasy game that's all yep. in the the role of a die. How you do that, I have no idea, but Dan Harmon and the writers made it happen. And it's it's a beautiful episode. And so that's the one that I automatically showed to anyone. And this was like, like honestly, I think this triggered sort of like the resurgence of Dungeons and Dragons. You know, Dungeons and Dragons is far more popular now than it has, you know, in any of our lifetimes. I think that and um, that in Stranger Things, because I'm I'm sure yeah. the first season of Stranger Things pr- probably coincided with advanced Dungeons and Dragons, give or take a year. Well, but that the, kind of shows oh, the yeah, cult yeah. following. The, the community like, of community, right? The, the yeah, like community, I think really found its stride like really found its like love and following on streaming so like really it found its popularity on netflix it like as someone who has played dungeons and dragons and as someone who hasn't fully like engrossed myself in the world i i am getting better at it though i kind of felt like jeff throughout the whole thing you know i I was just watching the i was just watching the episode and uh britta goes yeah, Abed's like a beleaguered gnome comes up to you, and Britta goes, "A beleaguered? Why are they beleaguered?" <laughs> and the whole group goes, "Who cares?" <laughs> <laughs> I felt that. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> they got the semantics of the game right, and how you know, really, a campaign goes down from it really. So Cody and I are in the middle of a campaign with some of his other uh, law school friends. And it's my first time playing in Dungeons and Dragons. And I had done my first session, do you call it sessions? I'd done my first uh, mission, mission, we'll we'll call it a mission. Uh, I'd done my first um, mission uh, in a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. And it was two days later we watched the episode. And it, it resonated with me because I was watching the apprehension going through the episode and as it progressed these people are like oh okay you know what this is actually kind of fun like i i am really enjoying myself and Mm -hmm. watching because i i had preconceived notions about dungeons and dragons going into it that like oh that's only for for like super nerds 
I, I had a girlfriend and got married. So does that preclude me? Because <laughs> I thought it was only like the ones living in their parents' basements. And I'm glad that I was dead wrong. Because when I was developing well, my I, first character, I, I felt like rolling in the pub with like developing the Harry Potter, the entire series. I'm like, oh, but I could have this element of his backstory. And that that's his motivation behind why he chose chooses to wear this. <laughs> like it, it just exploded in my brain and enveloped and I'm I'm bought in. I'm I'm completely sold. If William's character that, gets well, shot by an arrow, he actually bleeds because he is. I know. Yeah, right. It, it's it's like it's like the scene where they've got a flirt for a Pegasus, and Jeff oh, yeah. is. I'm I'm still at that Jeff phase where I'm like, okay, so I flirt with her. What do you say? I'm like, I don't know. Uh, how am I supposed to flirt with you? Like you're a real person. I can't get past that like physical uh, limitation. And then Annie's like. Well, and then all of a sudden it just goes into full Lord of the Rings soundtrack while she's probably putting the most perverse words in television history. It apparently was. <laughs> and everyone, like, in interviews after the fact says, like, that was, like, the dirtiest thing we have ever heard. Like, she actually came up with a story that was, like, the dirtiest thing she ever heard. And but then nothing can beat <laughs> Troy at the end just, like, taking notes like all right how long is the appropriate time that the appropriate time for spooning is how long and and then Allie is sitting next to me and she's like thank you spooning is important and I'm like this isn't how I expected you of all the things you could have commented on during this episode that's what you choose okay (laughs) you act like I'm not pro spooning like come on (laughs) Are you sold now? Come on. <laughs> it's in Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> so as I anticipated, we've already talked about uh, three, I think three of of the five episodes on my like basic list. And so I, I feel like going through the rest of us uh, will we'll go fairly quickly. But Dallas, we need, okay. we've got to get to your darkest timeline episode. Well, You've done it, your five, right? Yeah, those are my five. The okay, Advanced okay. Dungeons and Dragons became my darkest timeline because it is now relegated to the darkest timeline. So it's <laughs> can't watch it anymore. Uh, right, but it was between that one and the, uh, oh, what's the episode called? Where they go into the video game, the Hawkthorn. Digital Estate Digital, Planning. Yes, that's, that's on my Digital list. Estate planning. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason it's on there is because there's a game, there's Project Hawkthorn, which is somebody has went through and meticulously made the game. And I'm currently <laughs> yeah. about halfway through Fun. it. And, uh, <laughs> so fun story, fun story about uh, Project Project uh, Project Hawkthorn. If I can get the words out of my mouth, what's his name with the tiny nipples? Uh, can't you know who I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the guy that what's his name? Anyways, they made him a character. Yeah, I don't know why I'm, I'm spacing, but anyways, he's a character in the game. But the developers never expected people to play as him. And so people are on Reddit going, I'm trying to beat the game with, uh, what's his face? Tiny Nipples, I'm going to call him. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) it's going to hit me in like 30 minutes and like we hang up and I'm going to be like, oh, that's his name. His name is Vaughn. Vaughn, Vaughn. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Dallas. (laughs) Uh, So they never expected people to play with Vaughn. And now people are getting to the end of the game and they're like, the game's crashing. And they're like, we didn't expect you to play with tiny nipples. Come on. Like, <laughs> let's go. Play with the regular people like the rest of us. Uh, fun fact. 
Fun fact. But, okay, like Dallas, you're going to have to send us the link to the game. And we'll Absolutely. Talk. It's open source, so it's free. Uh, I'm currently uh, making the baby army uh, of Abed. Nice. nice. Do what you do. <laughs> I, 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 I oh gosh. Like, that was on my list. I, I'm just going to bring up the point. My favorite part of that episode was when Annie and Britta, not Annie Britta, Annie and Shirley accidentally kill the bartender. And then okay, so I, I did that on accident the tonight. In the bodies. No, you didn't. <laughs> Yes. Oh, Dallas. Did you I set him on fire? Put, yeah, well, it was the blacksmith, and then I, <laughs> I, then I killed his wife. It's, it's all that. I, I was pushing the illusion. talk button. I was pushing the talk button, and I missed, and I hit A, which is the do this with the torch button, and it killed him. Free will is an illusion. It's, it's yeah. all a lie. That was set up. <laughs> so... All right, Cody, you said that one That one was on your list. How many of them did Dallas already hit? Okay, so I, like, did 12 for the purposes of, like, evading overlap. <laughs> You're cheating at Community <laughs> Battleship. <laughs> you can't do it. <laughs> yeah, okay, I've well, had six will, that we've talked okay, about. Yeah, six okay, I'll, let, let, me, let me sneak in there beforehand because I've only, um, I think I've only got two that weren't touched on. So I'll, I'll go ahead and throw mine out here. Uh, one was conspiracy theories and interior design. Oh, uh, so good. With, yeah. with the whole <laughs> like conspiracy of Jeff manufacturing his night class and then they realize that night school yeah. is, is not actually a thing. <laughs> and the, the theater department gets involved and there's prop guns the and they fake shoot several people. It's, yeah. <laughs> that one, it it pulls the rug out. It was kind of like Ryan Johnson's Star Wars Episode Eight. Like you think it's going one place, and he's like, "Nope." Like you think Princess Leia died? Nope. <laughs> Carrie Poppins through space. I'm going to get back on that spaceship. Hey, hey, it, you're you're uh, speaking my language. Eight was one of my favorites. I loved remedial. Uh, I love the. I- uh, I love theory one. And Cody and I glanced at each other. We saw the movie together. He was a row in front of me. And when she like force flies through space to get back on the spaceship, we looked at each other and our jaws were on the ground. Like, uh, oh yeah. Like, yes. Chef oh, yeah. kiss. Yeah. It was my it retina is detached from my eyes rolling so far back into my head. <laughs> Why all right, all right, hold on. Perfect we're not going to get into we're not going to get wow. into this one <laughs> because you know there's about a billion times that the force could have been used at other po- points. It's kind of like magic and Harry Potter. It's like, wait a second, you could have solved a billion problems with the force slash the ring slash uh, magic. Right. Okay. At any so, point, I, and we're like, I, we, don't. I, we don't. We don't. Can I just very take minor tangent here? Okay, go ahead, Cody. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Can I just take a moment and recognize that this is a podcast that is going to be public where three peop- three out of the four podcasters like The Last Jedi. This is rare. <laughs> all right, just, I, I'm sorry. We're literally tanking your review by like saying we like it. Like you're like, oh, here come the, here come the down votes. Here come the dislikes. Uh, like I feel like, have, have you all watched oh, pitch man. meetings? Like that, that is just, that's just my, my, 
that's that's me in a movie like condensed in a five minute segment on YouTube. That's the internal dialogue I have with myself. Like, well, why can't I was reading my way through the Goblet of Fire again, and when Barty or when uh, like Cornelius Fudge summons the Dementor to perform the Dementor's kiss on Barty Crouch, they're like, he could have given testimony. And like this entire time, you've set up the fact that you can relive memories in the pensive, and Dumbledore heard the testimony. Why couldn't he just pull the memory out, drop it in the pensive, and they were like, there's Barty Crouch's testimony. <laughs> it's it's like, but it's a billion different things it's all all throughout it's all plot contrivance and and so it's you just got to accept it it is it is but i th- that it is like, what it is pull, pull the rug out from under you like thing. it goes the opposite direction of your thinking is what i loved about it like it's constantly like i found myself like sl- like slouch back on the couch watching it just slowly becoming in a more upright position until I was leaning forward, <laughs> staring at the television. Like, I have no idea officer, what's happening. Officer Kachowski barges in. He's like, hey, don't play with prop guns. And you're like, where are we? Are we in conspiracy? One, two, three. Is this a new conspiracy? Right? Like... <laughs> I, I and now I'm like, hold like, on, I'm with the I'm with the dean here. I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm like you the dean. rewatch I'm it. Like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and the so other that thing one... that I love is that like they put squibs in uh, like the blood packs yeah. in their shirts later on, like the very first go round with uh, uh, the drama de- uh, drama teacher. He doesn't have a squib but all the other ones where they're trying to freak out the dean they use squibs the blood packs because to just confuse them further and so it's just beautiful because at first i'm sitting there with Allie, my wife and she's like oh my god did annie just shoot jeff and i'm like i don't know did she and i've seen this like six (laughs) times now i'm just like that's how i feel like it's so beautifully done like it's great uh i can talk about this ad nauseum and then another one, this isn't my darkest timeline pick, but it was the only other one on my five episode list that wasn't touched on was basic rocket science. The fact that there was a flight simulator sponsored by KFC. And I, one of my favorite movies from my childhood was space camp. I don't know if you ever watched that one, but it was like these kids were inside a rocket doing, doing this little like test thing. And this robot that happens to be at NASA that we're supposed to like sympathize with decides to actually <laughs> launch the rocket into space. And these kids that have gone to space camp now have to try and like bring this like rocket, this spaceship back into orbit. It, it was like a little microcosm of them doing a space mission in a rundown seven, or like flight simulator from the 70s sponsored by KFC that just that that whole thing i don't know if the act if they were actually endorsed by subway and kfc for these episodes but if so this was genius mark because they were so they obviously were not put there to to sell sandwiches i guess it was just there to get like we're hip with the kids sure let's create a human who has lost all of his identity and has assumed the identity of the corporation of subway like if subway it's as was good like, as as it's as good as when Abed, uh, well, Danny Pudi, the actor, yeah, actually goes on Cougar Town and yes, they're talking yes, about yes. eating Subway. They're talking about, wow, <laughs> I'm eating Subway, and and she's and the other girl's like, isn't your love life a mess? And this and that, and he's in the background like, yeah, it is a mess. 
It is a mess. And then he has his, his poop accident runs off. And it's like, how many cougar towel fans are in there going, what's going on? Like, who is that guy? And why are they talking about Subway? Like, what does this have to do with anything? You know, I, I showed, I showed that clip of Abed on Cougar town to a friend. He didn't even know that Cougar town was a real show. <laughs> I mean, Rightfully so. I don't. I don't know that it needs. It's going to be forever immortalized because of its references in, in community, community. Let's right. be honest. But I just I, I loved it so much because the the whole rocket ship and Pierce gone crazy and it was uh, uh, it was it's so good. But my darkest timeline yep. pick, which which was appropriate because we're talking about timelines and space travel, and uh, was conventions of of space and time where they go to the right, inspector. Right. That that's yeah. my darkest timeline where they go to the inspector space time convention because I'm. I'm a big Doctor Who fan. The fact that they knocked off another one of my favorite shows inside of <laughs> one of my favorite shows. Um, but it, it just sealed the deal for me that Matt Lucas was a guest star on it because he plays Nardole in season eight, nine, no, eight or nine. He, um, he was, he came, he came in on the, uh, uh, the Husbands of River Song. Song and then was in season 10. And he was, and he was a, like, uh, I would say he was a companion uh, in season 10 and that like little nod to what they're riffing off by having him as a character in there just, uh, just made my, just made my heart happy. And plus the whole convention scene. um, I'm kind of desperate to go to a Transformers convention and see if I can get um, Peter Cullen to like do my voicemail message. Cause apparently he, that's a thing he does. (laughs) Um, as Optimus That's Prime, awesome. like telling people to leave a voicemail for me, or like a leaky con to see if I can like have, um, it, yeah. Anyway, that 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 episode is it. It's guilty pleasure for me, and and guilty pleasure in the like traditional definition of the word. I have no guilty pleasures anymore. I just enjoy the things that I enjoy, and I don't even try to hide it. It's a great place to get in your life. Yes, but that, that rounds out my list. We've we've touched on um, Advanced Dungeons and Dragon, Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas. Reli- I'm I'm reliving this as we're having the conversation because I I like Cody. I've only watched it through once, but mm-hmm. it makes me want to go watch it through again. Okay, well, so I, I just feel bad because we've now infected your brains with community. Like before, <laughs> you were. You were totally normal nerds, but now you're also community nerds. Like, it's, <laughs> dude, like lower tier. You didn't even so, know it went lower. This episode uh, became one of my favorites because of something that happened fairly recently. Cooperative polygra- polygraphy, which is the episode, which is the episode where um, Pierce, after Pierce dies, and his lawyers came in. <laughs> oh yeah. And he like plays mind games with everyone like one last time his will. <laughs> and then it ends with him as part of his estate giving his uh, manhood <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why I is- I have never had to sit in a living room with my mother and father and hear the word <laughs> semen said seven <laughs> times before and have them laugh at it because my parents are much like much like the murphy parents where that kind of 
humor isn't normally tolerated. And for whatever reason, the idea that Chevy Chase's uh, reproductive fluid is sat down seven times and said seven times, they were rolling. And I was sitting there like, it's kind of like when an inappropriate scene comes on when you're a kid and, and you're like, oh, I sh- uh, I'm going to look away. And they're like fast forwarding or like, wow, this article from the New York Times is fun. Instead, they were <laughs> loving it. And I couldn't believe it. I, I, did, I did find that my um, uh, parents' sense of humor uh, aged with us. Yes. Mm. We'll just say that. Things that I uh, never thought <laughs> that um, it, it just opened new territories. And I would say that they would probably be in the exact same situation. <laughs> I think, uh, but I think for us, like community is a little too absurdist for our parents. Yeah. I still can't get them through the first season of Parks and Rec. Yeah. It's, um, it's different. It's very different. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and but the the thing that happened outside of the episode was the pandemic table read, where yes. they got oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. all of the people together on YouTube, and Pedro Pascal, the Mandalorian, <laughs> played the attorney. <laughs> hadn't seen the episode. Hadn't seen the episode, and so when they said semen seven times, he absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely loses it. Or wait, is it semen or sperm? I forget. Sperm. I think it's sperm. 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 Either way, sure we we. I'm pretty sure we have reached seven times in the past like three and a half minutes. Saying, (laughs) (laughs) and so like, in my opinion, I I know six seasons in a movie. I think that could have been either not the finale, but the penultimate episode if they wanted to end with the lava gang game. Like, if they wanted to end with Troy leaving, that would have made for a perfect series finale for the show. Troy With Troy leaving, because it kind of, in my opinion, I don't think the show, like, and they even acknowledged that in the finale, that, you know, a show that was hemorrhaging that many characters, that something was, miss- that something was missing. But I think with Troy leaving, Pierce always kind of had an on-again, off-again relationship with the show, because, you know, Chevy Chase was always notorious to work for. But I think with Troy going and the Troy and Abed relationship disbanding, I think the show could have ended there. And I think, you know, that was... Like, like that episode was the perfect send-off for Pierce. And then the Lava Gang, you know, Lava Game could have been the perfect like series like, series finale because that's I think that was like the last episode that where they really just kind of captured that magic. That sort of like that chemistry and that magic that the show ha- that the show had. Well, I liked a lot about season six, you know, I think the in- inclusion of, you know, even what was her name? The the new girl that came in, the like serious Frankie. Meme. Frankie. Frankie, yeah. Yeah. I think she was good. I think oh gosh, you even said his name. The PBS documentary guy. Keith <laughs> David. Keith David. They were great, but I think the loss of Donald Glover, I think I didn't much care for the Yahoo season. But yeah. I think the co- cooperative polygraphy, especially in light of the table read and having a character that for most of my time seeing that character is the super serious Mandalorian doing super serious Mandalorian things. Absolutely break, lose it over saying semen seven times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or sperm. Sperm. Seven times. Sperm. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're Thanks so for... getting you all demonetized. Thank goodness for Patreon. <laughs> oh, please. We haven't seen a dime from this to begin. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just was perfect. Wait, where's all my money been going? It also, as, as a lawyer, it just like made for my, it just like played to my sensitivity oh, yeah. because I've been doing yeah. a lot of wills yeah. lately. So. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I really want it. I like, I really want re- Is that a COVID thing? You've been doing a lot of wills or just in general? <laughs> Ooh, tugs on collar. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes, yes. Slow news you- day. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, my other that, episode... That one won't get edited out, don't worry. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not, I'm not editing a thing. Uh-uh, no. You mean my stupidity just goes out to the world unfiltered? This isn't fair. And it lives there forever. We're going to find a new community college to work at. Uh-oh. <laughs> Man, I told everybody about the dead body. That yeah. wasn't even a prop. <laughs> I start checking dumpsters now. So this episode was the episode that caused me to fall in love with community. Like this was the one that made me go, "Oh, wait, are like are you transitioning into a next episode?" Yes, episode. Okay, 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 keep going. Yeah. I think I think I know which one this is going to be. Mm, what is it? Is it going to be paradigms of human memory? No, but oh. pause on that one. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. Debate 109. Oh, yeah. It's it's a season one episode. Yeah. As someone who has, so it's a little bit more straight-laced. It's a little bit more classical sitcom, even though the human being came on there in the most horrifying mascot of all time. (laughs) (laughs) As someone who has had high school debate experience, who has a nice has a nice trophy from said high school debate experience that played to some of like that played to a lot of memories and for me this was the moment at least in my head where the show jumped the shark was when uh simmons the guy in the wheelchair threw himself (laughs) 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 threw himself at at jeff to catch him to prove that man is good (laughs) when i saw that i was just like what is show they (laughs) went there yeah what is this show and then the b plot of like abed being like a fortune teller through his films And it ending and it ended with like, oh, there's a full moon tonight. And then Abed did a film of Shirley being chased by a werewolf and they just ended like that. <laughs> yeah. I love, that I love the scene with Jeff and Annie studying and Shirley walks there. I mean, Norm, I'm, they're already talking about is man evil? And they're already like, yeah, man's pretty bad. And then Shirley walks through and she's like, Abed thinks you're going to kiss. And they're like, oh, the tension just changes. And so now they go to leave. Jeff leaves his phone and Annie's like, you forgot your phone. And he's like, it's okay. I can get yeah. another bite. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're not going there. So I'll get another. That one very much like played to my personal sensibilities as a person. And then um, um, it, it just like that the beginning of the absurdism started with Simmons just throwing himself off of the chair. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
it was like a foreshadowing. It was a foreshadowing of things to come. And, you know, they kind of played on the Jeff and Annie, like, romance. And it's not one of my favorite episodes, but one of my favorite scenes is the imaginary musical number in season three, where Jeff is talking about, we're going to be normal. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be more normal. We're going to sleep together. And all of the stuff that, like, Sony wanted them to do, they just shrugged off. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> they just shrugged it was beautiful. off in a musical number. Debate 109 is one of my favorites. You brought it up. All right. Paradigms. Of, I'm going to I'm going to so, give a, I'm going to give a dual uh, dual vote to Paradigms of Human Memory and Curriculum Unavailable. It the is two so good. Clip shows that were not clip shows that they actually yep. had to spend more money on to do a fake clip show of things that wasn't in a music episode. <laughs> this that episode is so beautiful to me because most often like kind of like any of the bottle episodes in air quotes um normally when a tv show is doing either a clip show or a bottle episode the idea is that the show is running out of its budget and so now we either need to be in one location or we're all going to sit around and talk about things that happened and oh weren't those great memories everybody and they just reuse footage but yeah. community said, well, it's a fun premise, but what about like, like, let's talk about the memories again in air quotes. You didn't get to experience any of them. And so now it's like, when did this happen? Did I miss like eight <laughs> episodes of this season? Like what happened? The thought of the entire show being them and actually in a mental institution i kind of wanted them to run with for more more than one episode where they're like left there grappling to believe that they actually were in a mental institution the whole time that premise the first time i ever saw a premise like that was in avatar the last airbender it was the episode the ember island players where the gang from avatar went to go see a play put on by the Fire Nation of their adventure. So it was like Fire Nation prop it was like Fire Nation propaganda recapping the whole show, but they couldn't reuse any footage because it was a play. It was the first time that they ever like did the the trope of the clip show but not really. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just loved how it just showed to me in those two episodes how they they'll go above and beyond. They'll go in bu- above oh, and beyond, you know, you know, Jeff giving his like giving his sentimental speech, you know, Abed acting crazy. My favorite, one of my favorite moments is when if just him like, you know, sitting in the fetal position, seeing the clock change for daylight savings time. (laughs) (laughs) Allie and I reference that all the time because I am a, I hate daylight savings. I think it's the dumbest thing that we do. I would abolish it or whichever one makes life normal. Uh, And, and so when Abed's like, it's okay. Think about it this way. You get the hour back. And his just scream is like, ah, like quadruples. Like that's me. That's me to a T. I, I love that. I love that premise. And I especially loved in the second one, the, the sort of grand conspiracy chain was talking about. Okay. And now for... Uh, my darkest timeline episode. This is one that is universally reviled. Everyone. Oh, hates I know it. which one this is. 
Uh-oh. Except for I me. know what it is. I know. Oh, no. Intro to self-surrogacy. No, 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 no. The puppet episode. I don't know if the audio... <laughs> I don't know... If, I don't know if the audio will pick this up, but my my hands are covering my face and my eyes because I just can't. <laughs> oh, Cody. I love the puppet episode. I love... <laughs> Like how basically it was like this drug-induced like fuel for them. <laughs> like this might have been like how they were perceiving themselves as high, you know, the like as high the entire time. And the reason for that was I had just recently bought Cody a puppet. Where got... like where is this going? <laughs> you can't do Cody this. Went you out said to the woods a and thing ate a bunch of berries. A couple weeks ago, and you referenced the sperm episode. Didn't know where that was going. And then you're referencing an episode that involves puppets and getting high, and you're like, well, I had a thing. Now I don't know which one you're going towards. It was real fun talking to my hands. Like, did you get in a hot um, balloon accident? Where, where is, how, how, how did you possibly have a relevant life experience? And some. Someone had a naked puppet and a whip. Like, is that what happened with you? Like, where? You walked onto the set of Sesame Street and they're like, let's have therapy, Cody. Here, have these psychotropic berries. Like, what? I'm going to shut up now because there's no way you could tie it in. You, you done? You done? <laughs> I wanted him to keep going. <laughs> Oh, I'm on it. What I'm about to say is far less interesting than what you just made up. (laughs) (laughs) And and another one of my favorite absurdist television shows, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. They had Uh a puppet. They had a puppet. Not not no not an episode, but like a moment where they accidentally like messed up the timeline, and then the characters all ended up as puppets. (laughs) <laughs> and then they had a <laughs> okay okay um. and they had like a sesame street they had like a sesame street style music musical number in it <laughs> i had just seen that ep- i had just seen that episode and then at one point they break into a bollywood musical number in the same episode <laughs> um, oh of course and i had just seen that episode and so it very much just leaned into my sensibilities when I saw intro to Phelps surrogacy because it was something that community, if they were like a show like that, it was a natural fit for them to do a puppet episode and for them Uh, to kind of like, just sit there and realize, you know, go through some character growth. And as they're sitting there, like sitting there high in the, you know, lost and, you know, realizing all these things about themselves, you know, I'm just like, of course the show would do that. And what I have been told is the gas leak year. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I give them uh, props for, for trying something new. If there was a show that was going to do it, it would be community. And, you know, you, you're not always going to hit a home run. Sometimes it's singles and doubles, but this one was like a bunt that got them like thrown out at first before they even got to the bag. So that's, that's my take. (laughs) They're like, let's just, yeah, never mind. Like I brought up, didn't work. I brought up the darkest timeline idea for the sole reason, because I knew I wanted to do intro to Belt Circus Day. (laughs) (laughs) I like Cody uh, cheated. This is my show. Like, 
like uh, Harry Potter is to <laughs> William and Star Wars and Marvel is to Cody. Community is my thing. So I, I like proselytize and I'm like, have you heard the good word of Dan Harmon? Uh, that's me. So <laughs> I had like... We watched Community as part of his bachelor party. It's but true. I, I, I it's dig true. it. I dig it. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else is like, let's talk about the guns that we shot and have some more of this bourbon. And I'm like, guys, you're missing this great line. Shut up. And they're, they're like... <laughs> Uh-huh. Hey, I was I'm the like, only one that was into it, by the way. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but so I cheated. I cheated and had like eight things like like Dallas. I kind of combined like the paintball episodes and uh, pillows and blankets and the one before it. Um, How many of them but, have so did we got, hit so far? Uh, so far, uh, one, seven seven and i have three. Oh wow okay right. and there so so because two i can do pretty quick and one will wrap up with uh okay so one that it, it's kind of like the the secondary interest like once i've shown people a few episodes uh like they kind of get a vibe for how this group works i will show them this episode uh and it's kind of a, a it's it's one where you get to see everyone's character in full swing and it is aerodynamics of gender. And that is the trampoline episode. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I, yes. I, I had that one on my list and I cut it for time. So thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. So what I love about it is that it showcases like the heart and soul. I, I, I just, it captures what I love about it. The idea that the young guy, like Jeff is trying to stay young. Uh, Troy is trying to li relive his glory years as a, a jock. Pierce is just wanting to be included. Uh, the girls are all trying to like, whether it's Shirley, you know, being a self-sufficient single mom or Britta wanting to be that strong feminist or Annie being a woman uh, as an adult. And Abed is trying to filter the world through either movie references or in this case, RoboCop. Uh, you get, <laughs> get it all. And then you tie it all together in the idea that they're at a community college. And the last thing you want in a community, like at, at any college really, is a lawsuit magnet like a trampoline. And then <laughs> you gotta throw in the wacky uh, employee who you don't even realize is a horrible human being until the last beat of the show. So it has everything that I look for in an episode. Like it's, it's a, like once you've seen two or three episodes, you get the feel for the show. I'm like, all right, let's watch this one. And that generally gets people, you know, like laughing and like nothing like last night we're laying in, I'm, I'm not making this up last night. Haven't watched this episode in months. Uh, we're laying in bed, it's like 11.30, and Allie rolls over and goes, it's gonna be a maze. And I went, what? And she went, I don't know why, but that line where he's like sitting there and they find out Joshua was a secret racist, it just popped into my head. Like, for whatever <laughs> reason, the idea that like, some people are natural jumpers, 
this is a place free from darkness. And then you're like, oh yeah, those could be like kind of like racist comments. I see how I could have missed that. And then he's got a shirt open and he's got a swastika on his chest. And he's like, yeah, it's going to be a maze. Like it just hits you. And you're like, oh my gosh, they went there. They had a swastika on TV. Like, all right. Okay. I loved that episode because one of my Mm -hmm. favorite tropes in fiction is like stumbling upon like a hidden thing like whether it be like narnia or you know the secret bookcase going going down you know to the secret room in your house that is one of my favorite like one of my favorite tropes in fiction and so for it to be a trampoline park right is as absurd as that and they become all these like zen masters for pierce to end it with like (laughs) pierce's line he's like what makes you so chill i want to know your secret you better tell me or i'm gonna murder your whole families and it's like (laughs) okay you don't really want to be chill do you so and that that one and then you know with him like forcing a double jump uh, brought back so <laughs> right. Double bounce me! Double bounce me! No, don't make me! Don't make me! Like, yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Uh, so that one is just like pure, pure uh, community college fun. Uh, the other one that gets kind of, uh, I guess they're all kind of dark in a way, but this one is um, a very much homage episode that has always just stuck with me. I'll give you all some hints. It's a David Fincher style. It features Ben Folds and uh, has uh, a cat sled. Anyone? Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm, it, it is? Yeah. Basic intergluteal numismatics, which is better known as the ACB or the butt crack bandit episode. Um, <laughs> I love this episode so much. Uh, First of all, it spawned like a billion online theories. Like, who is the ACB? Who is the butt crack bandit? I don't know what your all's uh, language policy is on the show. We we said sperm seven times, so you know. (laughs) It It is like the most beautiful thing that all of a sudden like uh you're you're watching a david fincher movie about someone who sticks quarters in people's butts and then (laughs) the acting that that donald glover does he gets cracked as they call it uh for those (laughs) so troy gets cracked somebody put a quarter in his butt crack and the rest of the episode, they have him wrapped in a blanket because Abed <laughs> knows that from police procedural TV shows. And he's in a wheelchair <laughs> for whatever reason. And at the end, when they think they found the, the perpetrator, uh, I'm not going to spoil it for anyone, they wheel him in to the, the newsroom where they're having this press conference. And with shaky arms, as he can barely get out of the wheelchair, <laughs> he, he stands wrapped in his blanket as a, an assault victim and then slaps him across the face <laughs> and sits himself back down, feeling that justice has been served. It's just a beautiful episode. And then left on a cliffhanger. Which then perfectly ties in with the uh, cooperative uh, polygraphy 
where they are now. Yep. You know, they find out Pierce is dead. So it's it's got all the, the right beats again. So mm-hmm. that's that would be my other one. Um, but to send us out on like a, a bittersweet one that no one said, this is my, my final pick. Uh, it is the series finale, uh, Emotional Consequences of Broadcast Television. Broadcast Television, and, yeah. yeah. It, it was one that to this day, I've, I've seen probably like five or six times. And for me, like Community was that show, you know, just like we all like latch on to something. Like it got me through breakups. It got me through the best parts of my life. And so, you know, at the end, you know, it wasn't a strong season. And they're sitting there in, in a bar and they're, they're not even in a community college anymore. And it's like, all right, we're in a new phase of life. What, where do we go from here? And they're all pitching their ideas for like, you know, what happens next? And, and finally Abed sits there and he's like, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, you gotta let it go. And some days is, are gonna be better than others. And some, you know, sometimes you gotta be okay that there's gonna be weak episodes and there's gonna be strong episodes, but you love it all the same. And like something about that speech and then watching Jeff take Abed and Annie to the airport and hug Abed one time and then hugs him a second time because it just, it just brought it all home. And, and it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily the world's strongest season, but it didn't matter because it was, it was finality. It was, it was just wrapped up very poetically. So that, that one does it for me. Uh, So that, that would be my last, last. I did have a, I did have a, a, list of honorable mentions and that one was definitely on it this season six does seem to be uh debated as to its Mm. merits but um it it wrapped it up in the perfect community meta way like pitches for the seventh season that you know aren't coming um so it made it made the entire thing very bittersweet and it almost felt like it was um, again, through Abed and his speech, it was like Dan Harmon reminiscing about the run of Community. Like, yes, yeah, some of them hit, some of them didn't, um, but we hung through. Uh, I was glad that there was a finality for the sixth season because I'm greatly looking forward to the movie. Oh yeah, can we all? And agree? I think, like like you said, uh, having Dan Harmon use both. Abed and Jeff, like that idea of that Jeff just wants to cling so tightly to the past and Abed is finally coming to grasp like, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to let it go. And so it's beautiful watching Dan Harmon, like let his baby go. It's kind of, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of neat. That episode, you know, I'm going to get real again, kind of spoke to me in a lot of ways because I was having some difficulties letting go of college and letting go of law school and letting go of, you know, the friends that I made and kind of reintegrating, like integrating myself into what a quote unquote adult world, you know, not having that sort of like 
built-in community, pun intended, that, you know, that school affords, that school, that school provides, you know, I, I still talk with, you know, m- several of my law school friends on a nearly daily basis, you know, and I, I was, it is kind of funny as like, you know, you know, college and stuff wasn't perfect by any means, you know, there's, there are hard times, there are hard times to go through it, but you know, this idea of like, there's a certain age that is your glory days. I wholeheartedly reject that notion. I think every yeah. oh, age, I completely disagree. Yeah, I, I every age, and I think I was finding myself sort of like pining for the glory days as I was kind of having trouble getting back into getting getting sort of like in, integrated into adult life and kind of finding what my niche is in a professional career. It kind of hit me in an almost spiritual way of like. Now I can I, see that. I needed to hear that lesson. I needed to hear sort of like what Jeff was going through. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's okay to move on. And, you know, there was good things about it then. And there's going to be good things. There's going to be good times to come. Yeah. We've got a, we've got a sign hanging in our house. Um, It was a quote. I'm sure it wasn't originated from her, but it was made very popular by the patron saint of shiplap, uh, Miss Joanna Gaines herself. (laughs) Um, But it's, uh, these are the good old days and that I initially I thought that this was kind of pulling from the the office at the end whenever Andy was like I wish there was a way of knowing that you're in the good old days whenever you're in them and I'm like no I don't want to I don't want to think like the good everything good has passed but like having it be in the present tense like these are the good old days because it's always applicable to the time that you're in right now. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to look back on the moments that are happening when they're in the past as good old days, but having the phrase these are instead of those were, I don't know. We, I mean, there's a reason we put it on the wall because I, I find myself, especially as rapidly as a toddler grows, like she's two and a half or she will be two and a half in about 10 days. Um, I find myself like I, she, she's wildly independent and like doesn't fall asleep on my chest anymore or like it's, but she's also like her vocabulary and her imagination are just exploding. Like she's finds immense and un, uncontainable joy in a flashing yellow caution light. And that's, that's where I'm again reminded that these right now are the good old days. Like, I don't know, Alex, I don't know if you knew this, but Dallas and I were roommates in college. Um, we lived together the last two years. I, my last two years of college were like, they were two of the best years of my entire life. And I like to think that it was 2010, like, a month ago, 10 years ago, we were graduating from college. Like I remembered that just like nauseating, like sinking in my stomach that this was all coming to an end. Um, and I had to learn that myself that, you know, you have to, you have to find your, uh, your, your purpose and your joy in the moment that you're in. Um, because yeah, Mm. you can't just sit and ruminate on the past. And, uh, I learned that lesson daily, uh, especially now having a child. And, um, again, I, I, I had that on my list because it, I, I agree, Cody, it kind of hit me in a emotional borderline, like spiritual sense that, um, everybody goes through that, like not wanting things to change, like not wanting to 
like become physically separated from a friend from for distance or having to move on but uh, like you know like alex you're in north carolina like my three friends from law school that i still keep regular contact with idaho indiana and north carolina it's like <laughs> you know thanks technology a little little uh little distance there between those three isn't there yes uh, yeah I miss them and I miss, you know, I miss you, Alex, and I miss, you know, all of them tremendously, but it's like, you know, there's still like, there's still joy to be found in this moment. You just got to figure Absolutely. it out what it is, you know, figure out what, what it is. And, you know, despite, you know, the world ap- appearing to go to hell in a handbasket, <laughs> there's still good things going on right now as it is too. Mm. <laughs> First off this And podcast. that's, that's what I love about that episode is that, uh, you know, everyone's pitching their idea of how, you know, the world could be better. In, in essence, that's what they're doing. Um, yeah. How can we make our lives, you know, feel comfortable? And how can we do something that feels familiar? And I was, I was talking about this with a few people recently, considering everything that's going on in the world, but it's a good life lesson in general that nobody grows within their comfort zone. You have to be pushed outside of your comfort zone to grow. And a lot, a lot of that requires change. And um, right now in this phase of life, I, I think we're all outside of our comfort zones in numerous ways, but there is still joy to be found. There's happiness to be found where you're at. And the longer we either look forward or look back and don't appreciate where you are, where you are right now, uh, you're missing out, you know? And that, that was something beautiful about that episode is that like change is inevitable. Uh, so just embrace it. Enjoy life. So. I'm having a like, meta moment myself <laughs> it feels like this entire podcast was an episode of community absurd piled upon absurd piled upon absurd with a weirdly deep and emotional turn at the end that brings yeah. it back to people sitting around a well virtual table but like Cody and William in a podcast <laughs> nights <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, and we said, we said sperm like seven times. Right, yeah. (laughs) But honestly, like that's the, I think that's what made community what it was, is that it felt like even for as wacky as it is, like we could all tell a weird story that's happened to us in our life. And it feels like as weird as community is, you can relate to it. Like it doesn't matter how absurd it gets you're sitting there and you're like i've had an experience that's kind of like that i mean not one-to-one but i I could come up with a story that's similar are you telling me you didn't find a secret trampoline park ran by nazis (laughs) (laughs) if i did if i did i wouldn't tell you i'm still enjoying it thank you very much (laughs) all right well on that note uh i think i'm gonna head out of here this has been Again, like Cody, I so far your um, uh, your friends have proven to be um, class acts. I, I have I have to tell you, and Alex, I don't know if you've ever done anything like this before. 
obviously I'm just a seasoned professional at it, but you were an absolute, <laughs> like you chewed the scenery at points, which is interesting because we had no budget for scenery. So <laughs> to, to, to you, my friend. Yeah. This, thank, you. Um, thank you. But uh, I'm going to give the obligatory pitch toward the end. If you want to interact with us, um, we are primarily on uh, Twitter right now. It's at doctor and lawyer. And we have a Patreon page as well. Um, once we cover the cost of the show, anything and everything above that we're giving away. Uh, and if you're a patron of the show, then you can nominate who gets it. Um, so it's really fun. Go over there, interact with us there. And that's um, patreon.com slash doctor and lawyer. Um, we're adding new tiers all the time. And they're all, since you know it's a doctor and lawyer, walk into a bar, they're all based off of um, fun drinks from the different fandoms that we're parts of. Um, sorry, Cody, but the, the bottom two tiers have been Star Wars based. And we're, we're going to work our way up to one of everything in Fireball and Butterbeer, but, uh, but we'll get there. Um, but again, guys, this has been uh, super fun. Alex, we definitely need to do this again. Um, yes, and yes. gentlemen, you all have a great night. Do, sir. Yeah. Sounds good. Make sure you don't trip on that drink that Cody spilled at the front door. So <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time, won't be the last. Yeah. <laughs> all right. It's yeah. a nice bar you guys have going here. I like this pub. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Got a nice <laughs> COVID atmosphere. <laughs> We're not editing anything. We, we got <laughs> to suck it up. You, we, you we, took we, it we, here. This is the, this is, you could do your little credit spiel and then it's like, this is the after credits or mid credits. <laughs> or like, Donde esta, the movie uh, Tekka. Let's give attention. Put it on the internet. Like, I don't know. Like, Betty White sitting here with me, you know. <laughs>